Hey Warriors, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope your week uh, is well. Um, I don't know if the last episode had a little time sort of sound like maybe I cut out a little bit too much here and there. I didn't notice it when I was listening to it, so it might have been just times I didn't get it. But I had kind of slightly adjusted because it just seemed like it was a little different when I recorded. Um, anyway, I, I think I should it should be back to normal. At least I'm, I'm hoping because I fixed it again to go back to the way it was before because it just didn't seem right. It's kind of odd. Anyway, so this week, some point, Inspector should be checking because our, our opening time for the house uh, ends on Wednesday. And they supposedly put in a new gas line, got it checked by the city on Friday, and uh, got the air conditioning unit all connected. And I don't know if they did the other parts that we might, so we may have to add that in the, you know, I think it's called an amendum. So... Uh, pray for that. Otherwise, it doesn't look like we are going to be closing until sometime in July. Like, either the first week or the second week. Don't know. We'll find out. So you guys can keep praying for that. Anyway, so today, I kind of got into this past few days um, now listening to sermons on forgiveness, looking a little bit into forgiveness. And it made, made I should say, God put into my mind the word grudge. And I know a lot of us guys, we struggle with anger and we probably, and I will say a lot of that anger is probably connected to something in our past, something that has happened to us and has turned into a grudgeful anger. Though we may say we don't admit it, Many times we say, yeah, we forgive. I forgave so-and-so. I forgave them for what they did. But do we hold a grudge? You see, like holding a grudge is you forgive them, but you also feel like there needs to be some form of justice. Like something to make things fair. We see this a lot in our society. Uh, basically on equality and as well as on, especially this month for Pride Month, um, that everything needs to be equal and fair and nothing needs to be uh, different. There can't be absolutes. There can't be one way for everything. There, there, every way is, a, is any way. And it's no different even in a person that has issues with someone, whether it was a friend who hurt them, whether it was abuse from the past, whether at anger at your boss, it's a lot of times it, the grudge feeling that we hold into or hold on to is derived from anger. It's derived from in our minds, the injustice that has happened to us or to someone else. But see, here's the thing. Forgiveness is not about making them pay the debt they deserve. But giving that situation, that anger, that hurt, that frustration, that grudge, giving it to God. So that you don't have a grudge anymore. Like we could finish this whole podcast with just that sentence. Because that is what I want you to have going on your head. Forgiveness is not making them pay the debt they deserve, but giving it to God. That means the word and the song we all hate from Disney, letting it go. 
You see, the idea is that in our culture and our society, we think forgiveness means, okay, I forgive you, but now I want you to pay me back. I want you to be justified by your actions, judged. Because what we don't realize is that the idea of justice is meaning judgment. And we all love pointing that out, that Christians aren't supposed to be judgy. You're not, I thought you were a Christian. You're not supposed to judge. Yet, we are given the ability to judge based on absolutes that are given in Scripture. However, when we're supposed to forgive, it's not with the quote-unquotes, how are you going to punish them, God? Even though, in some sense, as David wrote many times in Psalms, he did ask God to intervene. He did ask God to punish them. However, God reminded David, and he even reminds us, yes, I will do it. But you still need to forgive. Allow God to punish and deal with those that hurt, who abused you, who betrayed you, why you're so angry and grudging towards someone. Forgiving is also another way of saying canceling the debt. Do you remember in the, the prayer that God, that Jesus gave his disciples? Forgive them, like forgive me as I forget, forgive my debtors. They didn't mean money, though it does include that, in that sense. But it means everything. Forgive my debt so that just as I should forgive my debtors. Want that to sink in a little bit. It's a battle that we fight all the time because when someone hurts us, the first instinct in our head is how can I get even or how can I punish them more or worse than how they punish me so they won't do it again? Because that was the, the law of the cement jungle in Hartford. Oh, that person disrespect me? Well, I'm going to make sure they know never to disrespect me. And that didn't mean just giving them a handshake or, you know, a finger in their face. It might beat the snot out of them so badly that they will not forget how tough you are. Guess what? That is not a biblical way of dealing with your issues, let alone a mature way. But yet, this is what men were teaching their boys and daughters to do. This, however, is not a very biblical way of dealing with anything because it doesn't solve anything. All it does is it, it could cause people to go to jail. It could cause anger and bitterness and, and, and the, the mentality of I got to get them before they get me concept in their head or mentality that's being taught. And it's funny because that's a physical issue. I've seen it a lot by people in the mental aspect, like in debating or de dealing with someone. Instead of actually listening to the other person, instead they already have in their mindset, I got to make sure they know that I'm not going to be an easy target with my words. So instead of debating, it turns into, 
I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm going to nail you so hard that you can't debate against me. But I don't care if you don't like me, as long as I hurt you before you hurt me. And that, however, is not a biblical way of dealing with people. No, because I remember the last six months of my last job. I remember in January. There's a reason why, you know, the scrudging stuff has kind of come back to my thoughts. But I remember in January when I knew things were about to get really dirty and messy. And definitely, definitely not what I was kind of expecting or hoping for. And I remember when I asked God, is okay, I start looking for work. And he said, yes. But then I asked, what do I do while I'm here? Because I've already been warned, get ready to move because they're going to find every way to get rid of me, which they did with any type of lie that they could create and get people to side with. But I will say this. I remember him saying, I will fight your battle. You just keep ministering to the people that are underneath under you that, that you're ministering to. And I kind of sat there and I was like, yeah, but Lord, I can I can defend myself. And he goes, I don't need you to defend yourself. I need you to minister. And I will tell you this, that actually fits along with, you know, if your enemy hits you across, you know, the face or, you know, one cheek, turn your other cheek, let him hit the other. That is kind of more of the meaning it stands for. It doesn't mean let people beat the snot out of you, but what it means is you don't need to retaliate back because God has you. We'll, we'll have that first section later but all I can think about in my head was yeah but lord <laughs> I don't want to be you know slapped around but he kind of reminded me I, I will take care of that don't worry about that I mean it had a toll on me because it wasn't just you know people hurting me it was the enemy attacking me to the point where I felt like I, I couldn't I, I couldn't breathe well I just I was just struggling to even go to work because it was at the church. I, I, I had just, I had a hard time going to any church events because I, I all, all I wanted to do was just do the youth group, deal with, you know, deal with the parents, love on them, and uh, deal with the men's ministry. I didn't want to do anything else. I didn't even want to do the service because those people were there and they didn't have good for me. I had no desire for good for me. And so, like, it, it just felt more strained and stressed and and pain and hurt in so many ways that it, it built up. There was anger. There was there stuff building up. Even though, I, you know, I said, Lord, I'll let you fight my battle. But, Lord, you know, like, this is just getting hard and harder and harder and harder to be able to come and do what I need to do. And if you're not careful, this is why anger builds up. This is why inside your heart, there's this, this like guck that holds onto that grudge. And even if someone prays over your heart and you feel like a lot of chains come off, there's still that little piece, I guess you could say a little piece of grudgeness that just kind of holds on a little bit because there's a part of you that wants to see justice so badly. And it like it literally just starts spilling into your into your heart. You know, in Psalms 37a it says, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. But not yourself, it tends to only to evil. 
And I will say this, I did not go into wrath, but I definitely held on to anger here and there. And it was a battle. It was hard. And I, and I, and there was times that even years later is still festered up a little bit. And yes, it does tend to go towards being more <clears throat> fairness or justifying to see things happen that would just help justice happen. You know, it was just sitting there just festering into my soul. Um, the other verses that came to mind was J uh, James 1, 19 through 20. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of, of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Because that's the one thing it starts doing. You start noticing, not only does anger start kind of start filling in because of that grudge desire that just kind of floats in your mind and your heart. You start not wanting to be necessarily righteous, but instead you want to find ways to justify your anger. Because I can tell you this, that's what I try to do. I wanted to justify being angry. And it wasn't because I was sitting there like begging God to do harm or to, to uh, corrupt what happened there. But I still hope that redemption will come. I do hope people will change, and I do hope that that one person will be removed because it's choking the church. And unless, and if he doesn't get removed, at least change, redemption, forgiveness. You know, doesn't see the one thing that people always think. You, you're well as a Christian, you're supposed to forgive. Yes, but reconciliation is not forgiveness. Reconciliation can only happen if it's supposed to happen and if there's a capability because, you know, when when someone hurts or does something or doesn't help a situation, the tendency leans towards uh, trust being broken doesn't mean we'll be friends again too it, it, it's it's gonna it'll take time and it'll happen in a slow matter and even though it's it's something that you you know some people want to see happen there's some people who don't want to see that happen you know because people that are abused they're not expecting their abuser to become their best friend but i could tell you this forgiveness is about letting go of that grudge and allowing god to take hold of that situation because you know what else is happening well before we get into that let's let's go into the uh, the parable that kind of takes on all of this and why it's very important to understand forgiveness and that's in matthew 18 21 to 31 you all know it as the unforgivable parable or unforgivable debtor or servant I call it the, unfor for, ugh, the unforgivable debt, debtor. So, verse 21, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Oh, that's an interesting thought, because technically seven times uh, ten is seventy, right? So seven times 11 so 7 11 <laughs> in other words he's trying to say you do it every time 
And then he continues in verse 23, says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought up to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could... And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and a payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I'll pay you everything. And I pity for him. The master ser- and ugh, the master of that servant released him and forgave his debt. <coughs> but the same, that same servant went out he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down, pleaded with him, have patience with me, I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Now, to clarify what's interesting about this, a denarii is way less versus what he this other guy owed the king. So the idea behind this is the debt that Christ paid for us. Sin equals death, right? That debt is costs way more than what people who have done to us is worth. If we look at forgiveness not as a, pl- a placemat for justice. Because technically, every sin that we do is worth the same level as even someone who can murder somebody. It separates us from sin equals death. And the fact that this unforgivable servant or debtor was not willing to forgive another person when he owed more put him in prison and of course other people saw this because in verse 31 they go and they went and they told the master and the master summoned him back you wicked servant is what he told them I forgave all your debt because you pleaded with me and yet you showed no mercy on a fellow servant especially as I have given you mercy because remember God showed mercy to humankind by sending his son he paid a debt he didn't have to pay but out of love he did do it I want you guys to think about that This is why we are told to forgive. Reconciliation only happens by two willing people willing to reconcile. However, because of forgiveness by God, we are reconciled back with God. It doesn't mean that everybody who is saved is following the way they're supposed to or living a life of godliness definitely not walking in righteousness because they they're of the world they act like the world and that should concern you if you fix or match more of the world than you do scriptures that's why you're not seeing god use you in the way that you could be used 
and the anger his master delivered him to those jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So the idea is this, guys. We learn to forgive. We don't show the anger that he showed to the other servant, for one. Two, God will forgive our issues, our mistakes. And if we learn to forgive, <laughs> in some ways, it's not. It's like this. If you are making mistakes and you're seeking God's forgiveness, but yet you're treating other people worse than you yourself, like how you would be treated, then why, why would we gain such understanding of forgiveness? Like why would we even see God forgive us in the way that we should be forgiven? In other words, he would allow the consequences of our actions to fully be just justified upon us as we're justifying our not willingness to forgive on other people. It's, it's, it's an interesting way of looking at it, but he would allow it more instead of forgiving us and helping us get, you know, helping us through that mistake. He would allow us to stick more into that consequence. Oh, such an interesting thought. Um, anyway, so the idea is, guys, forgiving people 70 times 70, you know, some people say, but it's really seven, seven times 11. Um, forgiving is an automatic thing. However, we must understand forgiving does not mean we just erase all that debt and just become great friends with everybody. However, at the same time, we're still supposed to love everyone, and that even includes our enemies. The same type of love that Christ had. So yes, Forgiveness is hard to do, but it is possible because we're supposed to do it. And it may not be like an instinctive answer right off the bat, but I can tell you this, when you learn to not allow that grudge to consume you, and you're willing to say, I'm willing to forgive them, it changes things. Take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. Hey Warriors, welcome back to the second half. And we're kind of just talking about a little bit more on this concept of understanding that forgiving, forgiving others is vital because we are told to do so. It's not a suggestion. It's not a, hey, you know, maybe you should forgive. It is, we should. Because if we understand that forgiveness does not mean reconciliation, and forgiveness does not mean that you're going to trust that person right off the bat. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, I, I feel like people keep shoving, like they take the word forgiveness and they shove all everything that's supposed to come with it. It's like, they're all the same thing, but they're not. Forgiving is like I said in the beginning, if you're willing to understand that you're willing to, from you to that person to not allow like you don't, you're not asking for a debt to be paid for their, their what they've done, but that you allow God to be the judge and you allow him to be the justice that should be placed upon them 
it's different because if you are still holding on to what they have done to you, that's why it's called a grudge. And that's and here's the thing. This is what makes it so more so much more interesting to me. Well, actually, let's go. Let's, let's, let's talk about first. Why are we supposed to forgive? Well, because Colossians 3 says, bearing one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so that you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You see, and then like even in verse 5, it says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, and in which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. You see, the idea is that because we are told to forgive, but also it gives us a better understanding of forgiveness because it, it instead of having this grudge that's filling our hearts and our mind, we'll have love and peace. And I'm not talking about the world's version of love and peace. I'm talking about God's version. Because this is where I was going to head into, because here's what starts happening when you don't forgive. You start... Instead of for instead of forgiveness, you, you start ha having a grudge mentality. Grudge mentality starts feeding your anger, the bitterness, the the struggle, the re constant reminder of what has happened to you becomes the the blinders by which you see life. So instead of seeing what God is doing or is doing or is about to do all you do is you spend most of your time thinking about how that person hurt you to the point where it turns into a a, a anger of wrath and, and i've had like a just like a i think i did last year i did one about um the shield of wrath if you can find that episode it's kind of a little bit on this but it turns into a fire anger and the thing is like we think oh, oh in my anger i'm only hurting myself but the truth is it starts becoming a part of who you are and if you know anything about a flame anything that gets near or gets too close what happens it burns so as you live your life people who want to get close to you people who you love and care about they get burned by that anger, that grudge, that unforgiving heart. You know what else starts happening is you start not trusting people. Because the idea of forgives is not desiring evil for someone else. It's about letting go of what you believe they deserve and letting God cast what needs to be done. You see, the unforgivable debtor, servant, right after he was forgiven, he went straight to another servant to ask for money. A little bit of money, but demanded it. See, that, that debtor, remember, he deserved the worst consequence that he could possibly have. But yet the master forgave him. Same with Jesus. We deserve separation from God for eternity. 
but he paid that debt for us. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Remember those words? You see, our debt without Christ we live a life that's full of self. Us. Us being gods. Us being the power, the fate makers, the creators of human existence. In Christ he is our savior, our king. We are his servants. We are his followers. The world is about me. As a Christian, it's about God. We learn to humble ourselves because we recognize how sin is death. But in Christ is life. So when we have that festering anger and that flame that builds up, the water of life can quench it. If we allow him to, if we ask him to. But it's something like I've learned. If you haven't removed everything out of your life that's causing you to feed on that grudge and anger and hate, it will still be a stain that still tries to light up that fire in your heart over and over again so that even, even God, even though he's trying to pull it away from you, keep on holding on to that because you have control. You want to feel that anger. You want to feel the rage. You want to feel hurt. You want to be that victim. You want to feed off of that because letting go means if I let go, then those people will not be punished and they need to know how they have hurt me. They need to know how that, that, that guy who touched me did to me, how my best friend cheated on me with my wife, why my money is nothing because of someone who stole it by lying to me. You see, that's what the power that has that grudges and anger has over us. Don't let it go. We don't remove things that holds on. And I'm talking like a good example that you'll see the video of Greg, Pastor Greg Laurie, he mentions about this lady who was in World War II. She uh, got to meet a Nazi soldier who was at the same concentration camp that she was at. He put his hand out asking forgiveness, and she didn't want to. But she did it because he had gotten saved, changed his life. But years later, she... Uh, had two people that had done wrong to her and she had forgave them, but she still had a vengeful heart in her or a grudging heart that she kept all the letters of what they have said and done to her to hold it against them. And when their friend reminded you and saying, Hey, you're willing to forgive that Nazi, but you're not willing to forgive a brother, you know, two sisters that hurt you. So you hold on to her letters and it, it like dawned on her that she was becoming grudgeful, taking hold of that anger still. So she ended up burning those letters 
However, she did still have them work with her. Doesn't that doesn't mean that's reconciliation? Also, doesn't mean that she hundred percent trusts them, but she was willing to forgive them. And I want you to understand that if there's something, if there's stuff that you're holding on to, if there's memories that you're holding on to, you need to let go. You need to let go. There's letters that you're holding on to to remind you of that anger and viciousness that you're holding on to. Get rid of them. It is not worth keeping all of that. Ephesians 4, 31, 32 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Along with all malice, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. You see, it's not hard doing all that. It isn't. But I could tell you this, if you keep fueling that, you'll see how your, your language, how you bad language comes out easier. You start seeing uncontrolled anger, stress and strain in your body because you're still holding on to that grudge. It starts straining you, squeezing out energy because of that. Have you ever noticed when people get angry, how much energy is spent in anger? And we start not trusting people who we should be trusting because we've held on to what happened to us so much that our trust, like this percentage is dropped. And there's so much more that could possibly come from not quenching that fire because quenching it is not meaning accepting Christ as savior, though some might need to, but even as someone who's saved, having anger, frustration, that we had unquenched fire is because we start not focusing on how we're supposed to be in Christ's likeness and focus on ourself and our hurt and our anger. Spend time in God's word. Have cards next to you with verses on it that you can memorize and you can remind yourself because you're filling yourself with God's word. But you also got to let go. You got to learn to just forgive. And I would even challenging challenge you to speak out loud Lord I forgive John Smith I forgive Stacy J I, I, I forgive uh, Bethany Wilds whoever these people are and speak it out and be willing to say Lord I'm willing to give you this hurt that I got from that person and I want to forgive, and I want to say, I forgive what they have done. And I now give it to you. You know, our enemies will have power over us if we allow them to have power over us. Because sometimes in that anger, it creates blinders that it just controls the way we see life. And if we don't forgive them, then we're not going to be able to see the peace and joy and and so much more that God has for us because we still live in that past situation, that victimization that we held on to, that grudging desire to see people punished for what they have done to us. Romans 12, 18 through 21. 
updates if possible. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, and never avenge yourselves. Believe it to the wrath of God. For it is writ written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give him something, something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. And do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I have a friend of mine who always reminds me that even when people could be considered your enemy, people who don't like you, people who are against you, showing kindness or being kind or, or saying something in response in kindness can really deflect their anger towards you. And he didn't mean like you're trying to make an excuse for or trying to kind of like push away the situation. But what it does when you show kindness back towards them, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to react. They, they, they just sit there and they're just kind of dumbfounded because a typical response would be revenge, hateful, you know, middle finger, anger, cussing, um, getting in their face, maybe even getting into fights because that is the human version, the normal of justification for getting back at somebody. Gossiping, Ooh, gossiping. Such an easy way to gain power and control. Over-exaggeration of situations to have people side with your view. Very powerful. It does not mean you don't talk to people if you're having a hard time with someone. If you're in a community, a church, it does not mean you don't go to someone you trust and say, hey, I don't know what to do. I need help with this relationship. What should I do? Um, this person wronged me. What do I do? But listen to counsel and wisdom. And if it is teaching you things that are not biblical, if they're telling you to do things that are not biblical, then don't do it. But if they are telling you stuff that is biblical, you better listen. Because the opposite of a wise person is a foolish one. And fools don't get everything. Fools have a lot of things falling apart around them. You know, sometimes it may seem like the wicked are not getting their just desserts. They are overall. They will get the praises of this world, but they will, when they get to heaven, he's either going to say, I don't know you, or he goes, why did you waste, waste all that I gave you? All that time on earth and all you did was serve yourself. But you also don't want him to be telling, why did you waste your whole time being so angry at that one person? I had such a big land for you but you were just holding on to that grudge because you wouldn't just let me have it I was dealing with it and all you did was focus on that you wasted the majority of your life being angry vengeful grudging against other people who have hurt you when I had you all you need to do is just surrender let it go and just focus on me. And you don't want that either. Because this is the thing. When you learn to surrender this grudge, this anger, this frustration, you allow God to 
water, that flame down, you'll become alive again. Because what you don't see is when we're chasing after worldly things, but even in anger and rage and frustration and grudging, we are dying. And I don't mean physically dying, but like we don't see like it's like I, once again I told you it's like you have blinders on and all you start seeing is the world in this tiny little hole because that's all you focus on and God's like yo hey I have something more pay attention to me follow me obey me don't worry about the hurt that's happened because I, I will take care of that and I understand the hurt you do feel still give it to me let me use what has happened to you to help others. Let me use what you've gone through to strengthen you. Let me use all that has gone on with you. I can better you. I can heal you. And you could be more than just a person living in hurt. You could be alive in me. Because remember, when we accepted Christ, our, the old the old creature in us is put away, and a new one is given. The Holy Spirit indwells in us. It gives us, He gives us the ability to be able to understand Scripture better. It gives us the ability to to have discernment. It gives us the ability to have comfort in what God has taught us in Scripture by other believers. Prayer, connection to God, like you get so much when we accept Christ. We're, we're no longer enslaved by sin. We're no longer chained to this world. We are able to find a way to serve our God in this time that we do have here on earth. Too many people are walking like undead zombies, walking around looking like a Christian, but inside they're living a dead life because they stuck so much of that anger, that bitterness, the eventual spirit, the, the whatever you want to call it, that grudge has become the pinnacle of their truth. So they may look like a believer, but they don't live it. They don't act like it. And their fruit is, is Ugh. No, it doesn't taste good. And yet, you know, some of the fruit may look okay, but it's like, it's like in, taking the image of an apple. It's like taking the immature apple and eating it and saying, oh, well, they made fruit, but it's really bitter because that's what people are going to taste. They're going to taste the bitterness of your fruit because you still have not let go of those grudges. And you may have good wisdom. There may be times where good things will come out and you, you still be living a life that could be so-called godly because you, there, there's some of it showing that fruit, but that bitterness still, it just, it just sticks there on your heart because you haven't truly let go. Let go of the grudge. Allow yourself to see what God can do when you don't hold on to that anymore. You know, I still remember when he said, I, I, I have your fight. I have the battle. Joss, minister. Do what I've called you to do. And I can still think in my head every time 
That one person kept on trying to push that button. Kept trying to push that button. Kept trying to push that button. I wanted to rage out. I wanted to get in their face. And that's what they wanted. They wanted me to look like I was the monster so that they can hide in their monsterness. And of course, you know, the guy who's supposed to be my mentor slash boss was encouraging it without saying a word. And when I finally did speak up, I didn't speak up out of, it was like, God gave me the okay, okay, speak. This is your time, speak up. And I spoke up. And then he, and then suddenly it may, they, they tried to make it look like I was doing wrong, but everything I was saying was true. You see, that's a thing. Protect your integrity, protect your character, protect your walk, be on guard, protect your mind and your heart. Because if it is full of this grudge and anger, it will put yourself in situations that you may not be able to get out of cleanly, I guess you can say. I kept my honor of God. I kept my honor for myself. I kept my character, kept my integrity, and they had nothing because they had to use lies and deception to be able to do anything. I want you guys to understand, let go so that you can see a life different without being stuck in that moment of time. Without allowing them, even if they are still visible in your life every day, they have no control because you are serving a God who can do everything for your life, can change your life, can change your heart, can change your mind, Trust me, it is way better than living in grudgeness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you thank you for helping me better understand how to deal with even someone I think I might have been holding on to some grudgeness. And I'm still kind of debating it through my head. Am I being grudgeful or am I just, you know, wanting to see redemption and justice by you but not in the sense of like obsessing over it that's a good word i don't want to obsess over it anymore i want to be able to let go of any grudging i might still be holding on to let you have it and i do feel the enemy is trying to not allow this message to be super clean because it's it's something that i think a lot of guys deal with lord so I ask today, if there's any men today who are struggling with anger, frustration, if there's something that they're holding on to, some type of anger or, or grudging anger that is allowing their anger to be, you know, inflamed, you just help them to let go, give it to you, let you fight the battle and let them serve you, let them surrender towards you so that they can walk a life that's God that's God honoring that's upright that is it's righteous altogether lord move in men's hearts today if, if if they need to ask forgiveness because they've been they've been seeking out anger and vengeful plots against people that they can get their life right i know you will handle those who believe the lies 
We will handle those who did the lies and the deception. And you have that battle. I today want to surrender that grudgingness so that I can serve you even better. Because that doesn't hold me down. That doesn't hold me back. I pray this in Jesus' name. I pray this for these other men. Amen. Guys, have a great week. I ask that you really think about this podcast episode. And, you know, I know some of you guys try to reach me through Spotify. I cannot respond on Spotify. So if you want a response from me, you have to get on the Facebook page. And then there you can message me. If you're interested in joining the group, you join the group. The Discord is, I think, would be a better thing. I would love to see the Discord liven up. I mean, it's just really hard getting a bunch of men together and having them talk because they don't. Um, but we've been having some good conversations here and there, and you know, questions come up here and there. But if you guys do want to communicate with me, join the Facebook page. Um, it's Warrior Within Christian Manhood. Um, that is the best way to communicate because once again, Spotify, I can't respond to anybody's questions. However, I will, if like, I know one person gave me an email, I'll remember to try to do that. I'll tell you about the gaming community. Um, but otherwise guys, I do appreciate some of the responses I get through that. But if you want me to respond back, go to the Facebook page. Um, if you guys can do share things that I put out, please, please share. Please share my podcast. It's one way to get it further out, getting to other people. Share my podcast. Go to the Facebook page. Share it on your Facebook. If you have it on Spotify, share it with a friend through text message. If, you know, because <clears throat> Spotify has taken over Anchor. So Spotify is going to be more of the focus. So I know some of you guys probably use Apple Podcasts. It's okay. But um, Spotify is the new owners. So they're going to try to probably focus on trying to get Spotify to be the main focus. But anyway, you want to help share, you want to see other people get changed because of what God's trying to speak to them through my podcast share. And I appreciate it. And I thank all of you for being willing to do so. Um, have a great week and I'll see you next time.